Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hang Time Podcast. Backing down a lefty hook, breaks it in! With your host, Elliot Anderson, stop it down behind his head. Seku Smith, the tipping is good at the buzzer. And Vince Thomas. Slices across the lane, puts up a hook on the run. No, but a dynamite stick back slam. Now it's time for the tip Back again, the Hangtime Podcast from NBA.com coming to you all up in your earlobes. Seku yes, Smith from the Hangtime blog along with my main man, Vince Thomas uh, yes. of uh, so many endeavors. You know him from all over ESPN, NBA.com, Slam Magazine. Vince, what's happening? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm back in my hometown. You know, and I, you know, some people have been having clowning it lately. But all I know is that, you know, Buffalo is a world-class city these days. And if you, you don't know, now you know. I feel you. If, 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 if anything, because it produced me, you know. Wow. Rick James, wow, you know, feeling Cl- Cl- Cliff, Ro- Cliff Robinson, you know, hey, we, we go in. Don't don't dig too deep now. We don't want to we don't want to go too deep. <laughs> did I did drop a Cliff Robinson? <laughs> don't go too I, far I, down that. I was gonna say I was gonna say Christian Leitner, but then I was like, no, nah, I, 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 I won't I won't Johnny Flynn. Come on, you know we you know Slow we, your we, roll. we get it in a little bit. We'll give you the nickel school, but after that, stop it. You know, let's okay. Let's 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 cut the mess. Listen, so much going on uh, in the world of sports and in, obviously in basketball. Um, any thoughts at all whatsoever on uh, some of the things going down? You know, Tiger Woods making his uh, comeback in golf. Uh, you know, Donovan McNabb getting moved in the division to the Redskins, or can we just go ahead and talk basketball right now? I mean, we can just go ahead. We can go ahead and talk, Let's basketball, talk basketball right now. Let's talk hoops. You know what I want to talk about. Let's get into hoops. There, something has to be said when somebody like um, Coach K turns down Twelve to fifteen million to coach a team, like that. Like something has to be said about the the organization where a coach is saying like, ah, fifteen million, no thank you. I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's feeling good in uh, on Tobacco Road. Maybe it's good to him down there and do. You know, I I think that there's something to say to to um, to be said about the prestige of a professional organization. We were talking about this last week about the college coaches going to the NBA. If I'm Coach K, I'm only going to maybe the Lakers, Bulls, or Knicks. I'm not really going to any other to any other organization Listen, in the pros. He's a Hall of Fame coach right now. Mm-hmm. He has nothing this man has absolutely nothing to prove to anybody anywhere about his coaching prowess. He's he's done that. He's won gold medal. You know, he's done everything a coach could want to do other than what? Win an NBA title? Like that's gonna validate Everything else he's done in his career, I don't know why anybody would even question him. I mean, I could see Coach K after spending so much time um, in 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 the, the the college ranks, wanting to go to the pros for some type for for a new challenge um, and a change of pace. I, and, and because I do think that he enjoyed his his time coaching the, the the pros with the Dream Team, I'm just saying that I, there are there are very few uh, teams in the NBA that I really think he looks at and says, yeah, I can see myself leaving Duke. For this team, and I, I definitely don't think it's the, the the Nets. I don't care if they pay him twenty million dollars. Uh, well, and 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 the, and, the, and the Nets, you know, like they have the potential to to get better. They got some nice young talent, have some cap space, you know, probably have a really high draft pick. But listen, listen I, dude, kill it. We're not listen. We are not about to soil this talking about the Nets today. It's not. That's not what this. We're not going to do that. We 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 bashed the Nets last time. Um, <laughs> Right, we did yeah, a few podcasts ago. Uh-uh, okay, I'm gonna get off New Jersey's no, back for done, a second. We're done with Jersey. Let's let's talk Hall of Fame and uh, and we got uh, a friend of the Hangtime podcast that's at that was at the uh, announcement today. Uh, a, a friend of the program, Steve Smith, NBA TV analyst, yeah, Michigan State Smitty. legend, NBA star, uh, faithful Spartan. I can't believe we're bringing another Spartan on here two weeks in a row. We had Jamel last week. Now we're no. bringing the biggest party of all on here. This, 
They got handled, and they got handled on Saturday, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm losing my cred, though. Now. I'm not going to be able to go home to the state of Michigan with all these Spartans running around here. Smitty, what's happening, man? Vince, Seku, what's happening? What's up, boss? Vince, How you doing? Smitty. I am doing good, but Vince, I don't like you saying we got handled on Saturday. <laughs> you can get some better choice of words. We just lost. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll roll, I'll roll with the just loss. I'll you roll know, with I the just loss. Spartan country, the Spartan family, we take that, you know, personal. <laughs> but he's all, hey, he's already persona non grata in New Jersey, Smitty. Let's just add East Lansing to the list. I mean, you know. I'm, I'm burning bridges across America, Smitty. Exactly. That's all right. How y'all doing? Good, man. Good. How, hey, what's the atmosphere up there? I'm, Cinderella is still dancing. It's, you know. You know what? It's unbelievable, Seku. For one, you know, it's the final four. Um, then also, like you said, I got a chance to cover the inductees into the 2010 Hall of Fame class. So basketball junkies will love to be here in Indianapolis. Uh, unfortunately for myself personally, you know, the Spartans didn't make it to the national championship game. But the, the, what Tom Mizzle did this year, uh, even though he's been to the finals, he's won the national championship, I think this was his best coaching job of all. Um, mm. No Kalen Lucas. Um, right. Delvon Rowe, a warrior. You know, he tore his meniscus, I think, the second game into the tournament, played throughout it. Chris Allen hurt. Uh, he met, never made any excuses. Uh, still thought that he had a chance to win, and he did against Butler, but it came up a little short. Right. Well, Smitty, let me ask you. We talked a little bit about uh, Mike Shashevsky and this re- these reports out of uh, New Jersey that uh, they were prepared to offer him a monstrous package to come, you know, and coach the Nets as they make that move into Brooklyn to leave to leave Duke and do that. Tom Izzo's name has been mentioned many a times about you know moving on to the next level. Uh, and coaching at the NBA level. What do you think it is that keeps guys like Izzo and Krzyzewski in the college game and, and keeps them away from the NBA game? Well, I was listening to you and Vince. I think, you know, obviously I can't speak for both those guys. A little bit more for Tom. Um, when you've won and had so much success at the college level, I think you're comfortable. And I think also they're not just college coaches anymore. They're they're a part of the institution of Michigan State. You know, they're, they're a step below the president, uh, the athletic director, maybe – in some cases, like Coach K and Tom Mizzle, um, you know, they, they, they're making all the calls. You know, Tom was in the process of really helping select the football coach. So I think you're comfortable. Wow. A lot of times you have your family situation where uh, – and, and it also it's durability and stability. Maybe right. you go out to the pros, yes, you get a lot of money. But if you're not, you know, doing your job one or two years, we know in the pros, say, cool events, you're gone. And so now yeah. – you maybe don't want to disrupt that family's atmosphere that you have in those institutions. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I have, a, I have a, um, a Hall of Fame question for you, Smitty. Um, Dennis Johnson, after, you know, multiple um, uh, times being up uh, for, for um, election into the, the Hall of Fame, finally got in. Why do you think it took him so long for the, for, for the folks to finally vote him in based on, his, you know, his career as, you know, a champion in Seattle, champion in Boston, and how um, he was one of the, the best players of his era. So what was it that, that, that kept him out of the Hall of Fame so many times? You know? I'm sure. I'm with you, Vince. I'm not sure. But the one thing I can say now is uh, Jerry Colangelo has kind of turned that process around. Um, mm-hmm. And you see he got a chance to um, be, be in, inducted this year, and I got a chance to interview his wife. Very touching. Uh, I know for sure for their family, uh, probably maybe rather had him go in while he was alive, but she was just so proud and said, you know, this is a dream come true for Dennis Johnson. And, and like you said, I think sometimes, you know, the, the non-flashy players, you know, as far as, you know, people that, that people look up as the marketing guys, they kind of get overlooked. Dennis Johnson, though, as a pure basketball fan, no. Everything he's did, five-time NBA All-Star, championships on two teams. Uh, Bird said um, is one of his favorite teammates of all time um and i just think when you're talking about a guy not only offensively defensively he did it and he did it for so long i I thought it was a no-brainer he getting getting in uh glad he got in now uh and then it wasn't overlooked and maybe he slipped through the cracks before but i think now uh colangelo's doing a good job of making sure and he said it today at the hall of fame speech at the Mm -hmm. breakfast that he's going to try to make sure some of the guys who slipped through the cracks uh maybe get a chance to get 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 voted in is it like is it like a process thing? No, because you know beforehand, every year when the inductees are announced, and you know there's I guess we can call them snubs. You know, there's always some this uh, somewhat uh, somewhat of an outcry about well, you know, we don't know who's voting. We don't, you know, what's the criteria? Like, is is, is Colangelo actually changing the process for for induction? Well, you know, he talked about adding adding fans, um, but I mm-hmm. think also 
uh, what, what's happened is is he's looked at it as part saying, hey, he's really said to the committee who's voting, uh, look at it as if it's 19 people up for induction, all 19 can make it. You know, don't look at the guys versus this guy. It's the individual guy, uh, you know, pedigree and also his resume, which you look at, and I think that's why Dennis Johnson got in. Also, August Johnson got in um, of the 1960 Olympic team right. got in, and I think that's uh, has changed a lot. Smitty, I, I look at this process, and I don't understand why it's so hard to decide. Cynthia Cooper, I, I mean, how is there any debate in that room whether or not you're going to put somebody like Cynthia Cooper in the Hall of Fame? She's, she should be a no-brainer, right? I mean, no-brainer. I mean, Cynthia Cooper, I told her today, interviewed her and said, cool, she's one of the players, men or women, that I would definitely pay to see. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Cynthia Cooper did it at every level. You're talking about college. You're talking about the NBA. I mean, the way she did it, the first four years, she's the finals MVP and her team wins for a championship. That, that's no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, I just don't understand. I, I I went to the Hall of Fame. As a matter of fact, I saw you at the Hall of Fame a few years ago when Dominique Wilkins and Joe Dumars and that group went in. Mm-hmm. And it's like you you stand there and you look around at, at the pictures hanging up in the Hall of Fame. Some, you know, you know, obvious faces. Then those the international, fla- you know, faces that they put up. I always struggle with those because, you know, we don't, we're not as familiar with these people as we are with the NBA players and the college players. Do you think there's some room somewhere for some separation in the Hall of Fame, like an NBA wing, a college wing, an international wing, like where that would make the process smoother? I think so, Seku. I know Jerry Colangelo has been talking about an ABA wing. He's not sure whether it will be built onto, you know, the the Springfield Hall of Fame, or maybe it'll be an ABA section where it's online. He's trying to find ways where, you know, some of these ABA guys, like the artist Gilmore's, you know, and the guys who play should be recognized to get a chance uh, to be in the Hall of Fame because so, it's about what you did for the game of basketball, not just per se in the NBA. Well, yeah, and, and, and it was, and we talk about it being about what you did in basketball, period. And then you have a guy like Chris Mullen, you know what I mean, who was a part of some incredible St. John's uh, um, uh, teams in college, uh, and he went on to have a prolific NBA career. He was on the the, the first dream team. I mm-hmm. mean, like, it's just a head-scratcher. It's like, why is this guy not in the Hall of Fame, you know? I mean, it is. I mean, I, like Dennis Johnson, and, and we're glad he's in now. That's the one used to, I used to scratch my head every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernard King also. I, yep. I think guys like uh, of that caliber. And I, I think some people back in the you know days always thought it was about a guy winning a championship. That, I mean, that's when it becomes a team, you know. But what a guy did individual, he can't. Every great individual just can't go out and win a championship by itself. So I mm-hmm. think sometimes that was held against some of those players not having championships. Well, I'm gonna tell you this much: the Hang Time Hall of Fame is still getting, uh, you know, cooked up over here, Smitty. But you're going in on the first ballot. First uh, ballot, Hang Time that, Hall of Famer. Ain't no question about that. Hey, the dream. Hold on, real quick. The, the first dream team uh, got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Smitty, when is your dream team gonna get gonna, gonna get in there? Is there a chance? How many how many years got to go by before we get you guys in there? Well, we'll see. You know, that was a 1994 <laughs> dream team too, and then also, you know, I made I played on the 2000 Olympic team. But I, I think the biggest thing is for me, uh, if you you know you guys loving basketball, being here in Indianapolis, just being around the Oscar Robinsons. And I yeah. think that's the one part I enjoy, you know, off record, getting a chance to talk to some of the guys uh, and to hear the stories, you know, uh, and then talk to Walt Bellamy about being, in, you know, making a Olympic team, uh, the process he had to go through. And when he got that phone call, how excited he was to represent his country. Uh, that's, that's the one thing I love about being a, being around some of the greats and some of the legends. I mean, I, w- I wish I could be up there um, as much to enjoy that as I would have been enjoying uh, rooting for Butler Saturday night because you know oh. – you know, Smitty, as much as I love you, I can't roll with Michigan State under any circumstance. So I, it was bittersweet Vince, Saturday night. Vince, I know you know a little bit about Michigan State and Michigan, you know. Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. Vince, did Michigan make the NIT this year as in basketball? I'm not sure, you know. Did, did Michigan make the NIT last year? Yeah, they did last year. We made, so. the, we made the tournament last year. What tournament? The NCAAs. I can't remember. You know, it's been so long for you guys to do anything. And then we go to football events, and I know we're NBATV.com. Uh-huh. Did y'all play in a bowl? No. Oh, okay. Anyway, Vince, I don't hear anything. So. <laughs> Michigan's having it. Michigan, Michigan's got it rough the past couple of years. I don't even know if they could have won the Indiana uh, High School State Come basketball on. championship. Pump your brakes, Vince. Listen, Smitty, it's hard times right now. You know, we like the economy. We, we're down, but we're not out. We're coming okay. back. 
No, no, y'all more than like the economy. Y'all are out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, I'll make a bet with you. The next time we go to the Michigan-Michigan State game in football, if you you and your Spartan crew don't threaten to throw me out like y'all did last time when we came back and won that game, I will wear Spartan green if y'all beat us. Now, Vince, I had to give him credit. He came up in my suite, and he was a – well, my cousin Vernon is a Michigan fan. Those two Mm – Almost got threw out the window <laughs> when Michigan came back to beat us, but they didn't happen this year. You put on the brass knuckles? Nah, nah, I'm just going to pick him up and just throw him on that. <laughs> Listen, Steve Smith joining the Hangtime Podcast. Smitty, we appreciate it so much, man. I appreciate hey. you guys. I am love listening to you guys and keep it up. Hey, and All enjoy right, yourself up there. Enjoy that championship game and enjoy Indianapolis, man. Nah, I ain't about to enjoy off. the championship game. I'm just going to go watch it. <laughs> All right, cry, boss. Man. Appreciate it. Appreciate right. it. Steve Smith. In the house on the Hang Time podcast, it's Vince. I, I love the perspective of these these players at the end of their careers and long mm-hmm. after their playing careers have ended, and how they reflect back on the Hall of Fame and kind of what that means. Mm-hmm. I think it brings it full circle. The process of mm-hmm. playing the game, you know, that you start at a young age, seven, eight years old, you have that dream, and then you, you know, to get to that ultimate pinnacle of the of the sport has to be sweet. I mean, the the, the the, the NBA Hall of Fame, I think, is to, well to me. I think is second uh, to the, the the Baseball Hall of Fame in terms of the prestige that it has. I don't think the NFL Hall of Fame really has all that much prestige, but I think that you know the the, the criteria for for getting in there um, is pretty stringent. If there's if there's somebody like, especially for the it for for the the men basketball players, the American men basketball players, if somebody like Dennis Johnson, uh, it, you know, it's taken years for him to get in. Then you know it's a pretty serious place. If Chris Mullen, uh, based on his uh, NBA and college career, is still not in, then you know it's, it's a pretty exclusive group. Um, you know, there, there are no-brainers like Carl Malone um, and, and, and uh, Scottie Pippen, but um, you know by by and large, you really have to have played some exceptional basketball for a long time. You know, Bernard King, he, he's probably not in because he didn't have the the kind of. Uh, uh, the career, his career was a little too short, I right. guess, for some, for some of the voters. So, I mean, yeah, when you look at it full circle, it's really a testimony to somebody's career when they finally get in there. Yeah, I want to slap box with some of those voters, too, uh, with some of the snubs they've had in the past. I would really love to get them all in a room and just ask them, like, what were you thinking? Like, yeah. why, how could it take Dennis Johnson this long to get in? How could you not put Cynthia Cooper in on the first, you know, the first opportunity? But in, in thinking about that, Vince, the, the end of the career – I want to refocus this whole conversation on the start of guys' careers, NBA careers. Mm-hmm. And in that vein, I think we have a chance to bring in um, the foremost rookie expert out there. He doesn't like to be hyped as such, but I- I'm going to stand up for my guy, Drew Packham from NBA.com. Our, DP! Our rookie up, guru. This this guy is, this is the guy you need to talk to if you want to talk NBA rookies, and we got him with us right now on the Hang Time Podcast. Drew, what's happening? Not much, man. Guru is a bit strong, <laughs> uh, Seku, but uh, you know I'll take it. Listen, man, don't be humble, man. We're in the, listen, we're in the we're in the self hype business, baby. Me and Vince do yeah. it every week. You got to get in on this. Guru. <laughs> you got to get in on this. <laughs> listen, Drew, I've been talking about it, you know, in recent weeks, really trying to compare this rookie class to classes past, and I think of the LeBron, mm-hmm. D-Wade, Carmelo, you know, Chris Bosh class is kind of that, that rookie group you hold up and go, now this is what a yeah. Is this class on that level or better, do you think, in terms of just look how deep it is from top to bottom? I think what you said there is right. You know, when it comes to deep, this there's it's unbelievable every night watching. Almost every team has a rookie that is playing well, contributing, putting up big numbers. Not not big numbers, but putting up numbers. Right. And uh, I think when all is said and done, we're going to be like, we're going to look back at this and be like, wow. Yeah. That was a deep, deep draft. And it's amazing because we all thought, Blake <laughs> Who Griffin are these guys? Blake, Blake Griffin and the right. 59 Dwarves, right? Right. And, I, uh, you know. I think it's, I think, yeah, I think it's, a, it's a deep draft, and I think that we'll look back on it, like, you know, maybe like 10 years from now, we'll say, you know, that was – that was an above average, a very solid draft. But I don't know if any of these players, when, when, especially if we start talking about like 2003, I don't know if any of these players are going to be, you know, are going to go down as legends. Like I think you have at least 
two or three legends in that 2003 class. You know, 1996 is another class where you have like literal legends. Legend. I don't know if this class has has the has the legends in it, but it 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 has some it it has some perennial all stars. You know, a couple of them definitely. We, we would have to qualify. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, what's your definition class? of what's a legend? legend? Yeah, you're talking Hall of Fame. I'm talking or what? LeBron and maybe uh, Wade and Carmelo. I mean, I yeah. love Carmelo, but are we are we gonna give him legendary status? Well, Carmelo. Okay. Well, well, let's let's take away legend. Let's go with Hall of Fame. Okay. Car- Carmelo's gonna be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, Chris Bosh might e- Chris Bosh might even end up being a Hall of Famer. Possible. We'll see. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's to be determined. But yeah, we'll I, I, I'm with one. you. I'm with you on the idea that I think the star power in that class, Drew, was probably as strong as you could get when you're talking about having. Three, you know, three possibly four transcendent players in a class. This class may not have the transcendent players, but it certainly has the all-star caliber players. Definitely mm-hmm. all-stars, and and you know, obviously we'll see. Right, right. Some of you guys could still break out, you know, and uh, but right now I'm I'm seeing at least two absolute Hall of Famers. Wow, and two Hall of two Hall of Famers in this class so far. Well, who who who? I see Tyreek, and, and I see Curry. Tyreek Evans, Steph, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to argue that. I'm not going. I'm not going to dispute that right and now. And we haven't even seen Blake Griffin, right? But what right. we've seen from him, you know, right? Well, hey, listen. In in a bit of hang time uh, trickery here, gimmickry. Let's go. <laughs> let's go back. Showmanship. Yes, sir. Let's go back and look at this draft, and let's just do the lottery. The, you, Drew Packham, Vince, and I. We're going to go back and look at the lottery and see if we can't redo this according to what we know now like let's let's take a look at this draft look at the class look at the production they've had as rookies everything we know now and we're not going to wipe anything from the record books Blake Griffin his his rookie season never got off the ground let's, so let's not act like that didn't happen let's take that into account but let's go back and redo this draft the way it should have been done based on what we've what we've seen so far okay now one one question i have for you guys so we're going back with with what we know now um picking with with, the, with each of the teams, two thousand and nine leads um, um, needs, but are you? If if I think that uh, Blake, if I if I still want Blake Griffin injury and all, I can still I, I can still pick want. Blake Griffin. You just know you're going to miss him one year. You just, yeah, I mean, but, but we're, but we're talking about who you want for the that, for for, for, for your organ organization. You know, in yeah. in the future. Okay, absolutely. Yep. I mean, listen. You think that would be the first crazy draft pick in the NBA? Taking a dude that you knew was going to miss his rookie year? Right. Yeah. There's been a lot okay, of crazy stuff. You. Michael okay, Candy was a well, – come on now. Don't get me do started. This. Don't get me started. But that's uh, true. Candy. Robinson, that's a good Yeah, point. David Robinson. No, Michael Hart, our producer, just reminded us – David Robinson. They knew that, you know, Spurs got him knowing that they wouldn't have him right away. So, I mean, it's – That paid it's, off all right. And I think that I, I think that legendary player panned out okay. You now know. I'm rethinking my first pick. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, Drew – you take the first pick. I, I have mean, to be the Clippers GM, huh? You got somebody's <laughs> got to do that job since, since the chair is, you know, technically vacant right now. Um, you take the first pick. I'll take the second. Vince, we're gonna let you get the third pick, and uh, and then we'll kind of refocus from there after the first three picks. But, All right. But Drew is on the clock right now on the Hang Time Podcast redraft. Uh, the Clippers on the clock. It's not easy being the Clippers GM, <laughs> and I had to think about this one for a little bit, but uh, from what I've seen this year, there's no doubt I take Tyreek Evans, number one. I just think he has something special that we might not have seen before last year's draft, Right. and that is a guy ready to come in and be what people are calling a beast, and that's a quote from several players that played against him. Right. So and, you t- I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So you take Tyreek Evans and, and then you, you ship Eric Gordon out. I, I do something. I mean, I know they took a couple <laughs> guards back-to-back their last two drafts. but So what? Uh, you, can't, you can't turn down Tyreek Evans, in my opinion. I think he is a game-changer. He can get to the rim whenever he wants, yep. and no one can stop him, literally. And, you know, whether he's on the Clippers or what, he's, he's going to dominate. And, you know, you figure it out from there. You get the guy, and then you figure out what you're going to do with exactly. your, the rest of your guys. See, is that the that to me that's the the mindset of a you know is it do you go in with this idea that well we need this and we need that so we have to therefore take a player based on this need or are you, you know these are all lottery teams generally these right. are bad teams so that means you need everything right I mean well, but but the Clippers the, the Clippers are are you know coming into the 2009 season I think that the Clippers were a different type of lottery team I mean. 
you know, when you when you already have Baron Davis and Eric Gordon and Marcus Camby and and Chris Kamen, you know, you don't need everything. They're, they they weren't you know the Sacramento yeah. Kings. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, so so I'm I'm building you know a, a, a team, and yeah. if I if I'm building a team, even if I know that, and I'm I'm actually not the greatest fan of, of Blake Griffin, but even if I know that that Blake Griffin is going to suffer a, a depressing, horrible injury before the season. If I already have a backcourt of Baron Davis, who's not going anywhere for you know contract reasons, but also you know I think he's a a, a really good point guard, and then I have somebody like Eric Gordon, who I think is going to be a really good two guard for for most of his career. You think Eric good, Gordon not great? Yeah, I mean, but you think Eric not Gordon? Great, is no. better, you think Eric Gordon is better than Tyreek Evans? I don't think that I don't think that Eric Gordon is better than Tyreek Evans, but I think that Eric Gordon Eric Gordon is a nice. Solid building block at that two guard, and I'm and I'm going for the 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 young big guy to go with my to go with my backcourt and some of the other big guys that I have. I just I mean I I love Reek, but I don't like him that much. Wow, okay. I just see a backcourt with Baron Davis and, and Tyreek Tyree Evans. Yeah, I'm looking at that going. Yeah, that, that's explosive. But that's me. But listen, that, you know, that, and, and the thing the thing about it is, is you know what you're getting with Tyreek. Yes, Evans. sir. You 20, don't know with Blake. Twenty and six, twenty six and five, or something right. in that neighborhood, right? 25-5, yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on now. Come on, Vince. I mean, you know, you've got no, to deal no, with I the mean, guy I, coming I, off a knee injury. You don't know how that's going to shape up. Right. You know, are you looking at the next Odin, or what do you got? Exactly. <laughs> Not that's to not. throw him under the bus. But. Yeah, well, let's throw him. Well, you just did. Yeah. You just did. <laughs> welcome to the A. Hey, well, welcome to the Hang Time Podcast. So you, you can put, you want, you want to go ahead and pull him from from under the, the huge um, bus tires? I think that might be in order. <laughs> well, look, I'm, I'm going, I got the second pick. And I, so I'm, that means I'm the Grizzlies GM, which is appropriate since we did adopt the Grizzlies this year. Hang time That's adopted right. the Grizzlies early in the season uh, and almost rode that thing to the playoffs. But Hashim Tabit was the original pick in you know in the 2009 draft. Turns that's out a, that's a team picking by for need. Exactly. Turns out they picked what they thought they needed, and in the, in the end, Mark Gasol was far better a player than anything Hashim Tabit could have done as a rookie. The the real quandary you have is in the backcourt where you have O.J. Mayo and a young guy, Mike Conley Jr., who you think is your point guard of the future. But I, if I got a chance to take Steph Curry, who that would be my pick. I would take Steph Curry with the second pick, hands down. Um, okay. I don't know how I could pass. I don't I don't know how I would have been able to pass Curry up knowing what we know now. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a, a potential twenty point a night scorer, obviously in the NBA, who, despite criticisms. To the contrary, is an excellent playmaker. Guy's averaging Absolutely. as many assists excellent. as Tyreek Evans. Yeah, you know, so it's not like he's not a playmaker. I think he's shown us far, far more yeah. than we even thought. Exactly, we thought he'd be good, but he's showing us he could be a great. special player. Yes, he could yeah. be. He could be great, and he could arguably be in five or six years. I'm not sure he might not be the most celebrated player in this class. As good as Tyreek Evans is, and I and I think he's fantastic. I'm not sure Curry won't be the bigger star in five years. I'm, I'm I think just he will. I think he, I, th- I think Curry absolutely because he's already a star because people already know him from college, and it's just it's it's, it's you know it's it's translating into the NBA, and there's just something very electric ab- about him that I think he will be the. I think, and I also think that he might even end up being the the, the best player uh, of the draft. And see, and he, just just to your point, say about and 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 DP about drafting for needs. See, I think in this case, knowing what we know now. It makes sense to draft uh, 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 a Steph Curry and go ahead and, and try and, you know, send Mike Conley somewhere because we now see that Mike Conley, you know, maybe, you know, in two or three years, he might be, you know, a, a starting point guard, you know. Yeah. But he's definitely some he, he's definitely somebody that, you know, not to diss the young man, but is, is expendable. Whereas when we with with the Clippers, like I think that Eric Gordon is a step up from like the the Mike Conley strata. You know what I mean? So for you to say now nah, I'm going to go ahead and you know and, and draft the point guard, even though I already have a point guard. In this case, I see where you're coming from because the Steph Curry, the the, the chasm between Steph Curry and Mike Conley, I think is big enough to warrant that. I I don't think it's even a, a position deal for me. Mm-hmm. It's just you're just taking the best. I'm just available. taking a dude that can get it. I don't. I wouldn't care if Steph Curry was my point guard, my two guard, whatever. He has to be accounted for in whatever backcourt he's playing in. He's that explosive a scorer, that versatile a playmaker and scorer that he would have to be accounted for. You know, and uh, coming into this, uh, I didn't. I was down on Curry before really? the draft. I wasn't down, but 
I wondered. I was like, man, how is Davidson, this going to translate? Yeah. You know, he was the stud scorer at Davidson. Right. How is that going to translate to the NBA? Is he right. going to have what it takes? And uh, the thing that I hear most about from my readers, and I get quite a few emails every week, they always criticize his defense. And I'm like, this yeah. dude is leading leading the rookies in steals. steals yeah. I mean, he's right there. He, it's not like he's this terrible defender. Like oh, he's getting taken advantage of. No. I mean, I'm not saying he's a great defender, but I'm saying he's, know, not, yeah, he's not being taken advantage people of. See, people see that he's on the Warriors and just assume that he's you know, <laughs> wait, not a wait, good wait, defender. Wait, Drew. Drew, let's calm down. Dude. All right. Just be, just because, just because you know somebody is, you know, Iverson used to, you know, be up near the top of the league in steals. A lot of times you get steals because you're reaching and you're actually playing like really bad and unsound defense. And if, okay. if, if whoever Steph is checking um, can go off because like Steph, Steph Curry really is a poor defender. That's something that I hope will get better as he as he gets taught better defense and as he gets stronger. But right now that dude can't play any defense. Look, man, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go say, that far. I wouldn't minutes. say poor defender, but you know I see he has his deficiencies, but he's not as bad as I'm hearing from everybody. Well, let him okay. join. Let him join 98 percent of the rest of the league in terms of whoever he's guarding could go off. This Let's not kid ourselves about this being some league full of defensive stoppers. Right. A lot of guys get taken advantage of every night, and I'm not going to hold that against them. It's the same argument I make with people, and they go, well, all he does is score. Right. Well, last time I checked, that was pretty important in a, in a basketball game. So, you know. Well, but, but, I, it, I, to, but pushing back on that, um, say, I do think that, you know, it, it is important for at least a point, especially a point guard, to at least apply pressure because you're guarding the person that is initiating the offense. And if you can disrupt the uh, the opposing team's point guard, then you can really help your team dis- disrupt the defense as disrupt the defense as a whole. And somebody like I mean I'm not saying that Steph is not is not going to become a, a an adequate or a solid defender, but somebody like Steph who can come some sometimes become like a matador um defender, that you know that 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 doesn't bode well for your defense. But to, with all that said, I you know, throw that all, all all that out the window. The young man's a brilliant ball player and I can easily see him you know, being picked second, you know, in this retrospect draft. Yeah, well, I mean, you're on the clock with the third pick. Uh, third Sam, pick. Sam Presti's done a pretty good job, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure he needs your help or any of our, or any of our help. He's done. I mean, you know, right. he's one of the few GMs who seems to get the draft and understand how this is supposed to work. But, but we'll let you go ahead and pick anyway uh, because that third pick now, if you take Tyreek yeah. Evans and Steph Curry off the board at one and two. There is a world of possibilities at three for the Thunder, Vince. What, what you got for the third pick? And I, I just want to say to both of you, thank you, because <laughs> my man, my man fell right into my lap. Now, I, now if Drew would have done the right thing and picked Blake Griffin, wow, the right, and I would, and I knew you were going to pick Tyreek with the second pick, and I was, I was going to love having Steph Curry in that backcourt with, uh, nice. with 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 with, uh, with Russ, uh, Westbrook. Right. You know, that would have been a great backcourt. But I'm gonna go ahead and just take Blake Griffin. I mean, that's what they. That's at this point, that's what the team needs, right? Well, here's here's my here's my next question. With this whole retrospect thing, this is almost sort of like a, a question that we get into with like laws. So I'm looking at this team right. If I take Blake Griffin, that also means that I don't have James Harden, right? Right. Yep. Okay. So we still have a hole in that backcourt next to Ru- Russ, uh, Russell Westbrook. Right. Okay. Still going with Blake. <laughs> I'm still I'm still I'm still going with Blake. I'm, you know, he I, I I think that the young man, you know, he hasn't had a history of injuries. Um and I think that he's just one he he's just one of those he he's just going to be a solid power forward for his whole career. That's what I think and that's what I hope, you know, and he's young enough uh to to come back from this injury. I see him being a um a Carlos Boozer. What do you think? Right. I I just think I on see paper more than I think on paper it's diabolical, the idea of Kevin Durant, Jeff Green, Russell Westbrook, and Blake. Could you imagine that? I mean, Ooh, almost, pa- almost, I mean any paper the, is scary. almost any of these rookies that you throw on the thunder, you think, <laughs> <laughs> can they yeah, get any better? Right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean, you know, Harden's good and all, but, you know, he, he's in there as a role player, and he's playing his role fairly right. well. You know, he's he's that good sixth man or whatever, but. Man. Let, well, let me ask Hold you. Hold on, this. Drew. Wait a minute, Vince. Did you hear what Drew said? We, I can't believe we kind of just glossed over that. Hmm. He said he sees better than Boozer. I, I mean, I do. Boozer, Boozer is a good. pretty. I mean, we're talking about a solid, yeah, all-star caliber cat year in and year out. Uh, from from what I saw, all-star caliber. Now I'm talking. He doesn't make it, but I'm saying all-star caliber. From the little we saw of Griffin in the preseason, he looked like a monster. Right. And and I just. 
I was blown away, and I was like, wow, this guy's going to average easily 20-something and 10 his first his rookie year. Right. No doubt about that. And that's his rookie year. He, he's only going to get better. Yeah. So, so, so you know, five, five years from now, you know, his prime years, so let's say between the ages of 25 and 30, what do you see him averaging? What, do you, what, what are his numbers, um, Drew? Uh, let's see. Put me on the spot. I'd say – Mid twenties and twelve, thirteen rebounds. Wow! Not twelve, not twelve. Ten to twelve. Double, double. Um, no, I, I, you know, I see it. That, that, it's the great that, unknown. Yeah, we yeah don't, who I mean, knows? Who knows? I see it. He was a monster. Before yeah, are, are the draft, those, are, are, are those your are those the the expectations on the high end, or those are like your sort of sober minded? <laughs> Is that your like sober minded prediction of this is this is just what he's gonna do? What do you, so, like, Vince, you, what do you think you, he's in here drinking? You think he's in here drinking Spike Coke or something? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I'm saying you know because some, sometimes you you ask somebody, okay, well, what, what do you see this guy doing in, in in five years? And you say, you know, I could see him doing blah blah blah, but but then you say, but I I could see him averaging you know thirty and fifteen or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, but is your like twenty four to twenty six, ten to twelve? Is that like what you're saying is a sober minded prediction for for his production? In, in, in you know in five years? Yeah, I would say that. I don't see him ever averaging thirty. I don't see him right. as that kind of score. Well, he, see, I, 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 I see I see Blake as a as a, a twenty a twenty and ten to twelve kind of guy, which is which which is okay. about you know. Um, <laughs> so I said twenty five. <laughs> so five whoa, more whoa, points today. Wait, uh, the difference between a twenty point score and a twenty five point score is massive. Okay, listen, Vince. All I know is I don't know who keeps dialing numbers on the phone. You're the only person. That, what's going on with the phone there, Vince? Um, I have a, is, are you, is, is there some feedback? I mean, come no, on. You, 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 like I, we hear buttons every few minutes. I know you're on that, like, 1960s phone up there in <laughs> Buffalo. But come <laughs> on, that. man. My, I mean, should I, should, I, should I switch to the cell phone? What's no, up? just quit, quit chewing on that heat bar while we're talking. Now, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about a 25-point score. And I – I think, it obviously I th- depends on the situation right. he gets in. If he gets on a team where he's the go-to guy, right. which he probably Pro- will be, yeah. I could see he him be. Yeah. He, he wouldn't be. The problem is if we put him in this in our retro draft, he'd be on a team with Kevin Durant. Right. So that means he would probably have no. to be more of a lunch pail cat. Right. And I, what, think, and what, I think that's the role that, that, that befits him. Yeah, and see, what I think, what I, my visions of Blake Griffin coming into this thing, coming into last year's draft was, I wasn't really preoccupied with whether or not he would be a 20-point scorer. Because I know how valuable 17 and 18 point scores are on good teams. Yeah. I was thinking more along the lines of this is a dude that could average 12 to 14 rebounds a game. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if he, if if he could pull down that kind of work on the you know, on the glass, mm-hmm. his value to me skyrockets because he's a complimentary 18 and 12 guy, which is let, hard let, to find in the NBA. Let me ask you guys this. Okay, so so now we have a front court of Durant, Green, and Blake Griffin. Do, like do do you do you think that the 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 um, Green Griffin four five combo is big enough? I, I'm not even worried about that because I think teams would be so worried about having to defend Kevin Durant on you know on the wing with that kind of firepower playing around in the paint. You know, well I'm not I'm not necessarily I'm talking not about even, on the offensive end. I don't know I'm what I'm worried about on the defensive end. Well, I mean, right now they got Nanak Christic playing the five for him. And, you know, with Nick Carlson giving good minutes, you know, off the bench and Sergey Baca. I mean, I don't know that I, – I think that's another one of these myths, like you mentioned about great defensive point guards. These things are all – they sound good in theory, and they look really good when you're writing them down on a sheet of paper, and then you watch the game and realize whatever you're doing on one end has to be accounted for on the other. Like, if Kevin Durant is giving me 35, I, I'm, have you noticed how quickly we've all forgotten about the fact that he's, he's really thin and weak and cannot guard right. his position? Right. When's the last time you heard somebody complain about Kevin Durant not got, being able to hold his position in the post or whatever? Nobody cares. Yeah, I don't have any concerns. Well, he's, not getting, he's not getting posted up. He plays a small forward. You wouldn't know if he was or not because all you ever see is him going for 30. It's, well, it's my I, point. I, I, I would because I actually watch basketball. I just nah, don't, watch, I just don't look at here the stats. Yeah, obviously Griffin is, Nate Smith is over, suited. That's Naismith over there on the other line, Drew, just so you know. Griffin's Absolutely. obviously suited to be a power forward. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But I, I think he would have some struggles at playing center. All Can Durant play the two? Can Durant play the two? I, I think Durant can do basically whatever he likes. <laughs> I put him out there. Serious question. Serious question. Can Durant be? A, can 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 he play forty minutes uh, or thirty minutes at the at the two guard? Um, this Vince. This is exactly. What does Does Kobe play thirty forty minutes at the two? Yeah. You know, or does he play wherever he wants to? Durant is a, is in the category of elite players in the league. He's going to basically do whatever he'd like to do. It's up to the other team 
to contend with him is what I'm saying. It's, well, it's but, not, it's uh, not that he are, has to be are, pigeonholed. These, these, are def- these are defensive. Obviously, once you're on the offensive end, Durant, the, the Durant is anywhere on the court. But I'm saying can he, can he, can he guard two guards for, for a full game? Can he be a two guard? I don't think there's any problem. I don't think he'd have so any problem. So you're saying yes. So he can be a two guard. Okay. I don't think he'd have any problem guarding somebody on the other end at the two or the three. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm with Seku. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's an. And I, again, I don't want to get involved this thing because I want to. I want to finish our draft, so I don't want to nitpick the craziness. But all right. I, I mean, I think that's pick, just right? yeah. Let's go. Let's go with the next pick. But Vince, and I don't want to dismiss it because I, I hear what you're saying. But I'm, my only point is that stuff sounds good when you're arguing about it, but it's, it doesn't translate into a practical situation on the floor. I don't see so where, I, did, I, just, I, just I don't see you, where people that, are preoccupied another, with these things on every on a on a night to night basis. That's another discussion. Yeah, but we can talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Uh num- the fourth pick, Drew, fourth pick. Fourth pick was uh the Sacramento Kings. Tyreek uh, is gone. We know they we know they took Tyreek. Everybody's crazy about him out there. They've got all kinds of uh you they know, need everything. <laughs> <laughs> they they are clinging to him so bad. Uh but uh I I, I take uh Brandon Jennings. Yeah, no doubt, no brainer. For me, no that's for, for me that's a no brainer. Yep. And mm-hmm. the, the fact that we look back and see that he slipped to ten, uh, that's that's going to be one of the the big uh, steals of this draft when we look back at this. It's one of the reasons I think John Hammond, the general manager of the Bucks, should be on everybody's short list of executives of the year because he didn't. It's not like Brandon Jennings fell into his lap and he was a popular pick. Right, Brandon Jennings still, fell people, to ten, and it was still, a still risk. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a risk considered a risky pick. Look, right. in retrospect, it's, it it makes me laugh now. All the criticism they gave this kid for going to Italy and mm-hmm. playing that year instead of going to college, and oh, what a terrible thing he was doing in his career. He might be the only one of these guys we're talking about that sniffs the playoffs his first year. Right, that, you know. that's a, that's a uh, that's a big contributor. That's a, that's yeah. a starter and uh, you know a catalyst on his team. Right, and uh, yeah. He's definitely uh, right there. And, I like, uh, I, and I really liked what the 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 kind of um, rapport that he had, the 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 kind of you know basketball rapport he had started to establish with um, with Bogut. And you know, we won't even get into that horrific injury that you know that that happened a couple of days ago. But I, you know, I don't I don't know who he. I mean, BJ is going to ball wherever he is. But I do think that it helped that he had that big you know uh, that that mobile big man to you know do the pick and roll thing with him and whatnot. You know, on on set, I, I I don't I don't know I don't know if we see him playing the kind of basketball on Sacramento that he did with uh, with Milwaukee. Also with uh, with, with uh, Milwaukee, he had um, Scott Skiles as the coach. I think there are a lot of things um, that you know took place, a lot of coincidental things at Milwaukee that have helped him. You know, have such a productive. Um, and no and noteworthy rookie season. W- with that said, I'm I'm definitely not disagreeing with the with the pick. I I, I think that Brandon Jennings will, will probably go down as either the third or fourth best player of this draft. Well, yeah. I mean, and I don't know what things you. I, I I would love to hear. I mean, I know we we don't want to keep it too long, but what kind of things do you think Vince happened in Milwaukee that made it Skiles better and for him? You think Skiles, Skiles and Bogut, and Bogut. Mm-hmm. is what did it? Yeah. Skiles and Bogut. I say he. he Brandon Jennings, and you know one of the things that he said about his time over in Italy is that he learned how to play the pick and roll. You know because it, you know no, there's no such thing as pick and roll in college basketball. They pass the ball around the perimeter for 90 seconds and then they jack up some you know uh, a wild jump shot. Um, but with with um, Brandon Jennings in the, over there in Italy, he learned how to de- started to learn how to de- defend the pick and roll, and he learned how to play the pick and roll. And you saw that he was very sophisticated with that pick and roll offense over there in Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, I I think I agree that I that the situation you go to for a lot of these guys is probably as important as anything, because if you go to the right situation, you have a chance to succeed. You know, and and before the season, a lot of people had doubts about the Bucks. Obviously, right. I hear that all the time, but. He, it was a great situation for him. Yep, great it was fit. a team that was ready to win, and Bogut ha- is having a better season than we thought ha- was having. Was having sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I definitely agree that Bogut was big for him. And it was just a stable situation, and I give a lot of credit to Skiles. Yeah. Just, who, who, who's the bigger surprise for you guys, Brandon Jennings, Steph Curry, or, or, or Ty- Tyreek Evans? Bigger surprise? Yeah, in terms of who, like who, who is performing out of the three? Because the, they, I think they're all performing better mm-hmm. than we envisioned. But out of those three, who who surprised you the most this year? Curry would be my pick because I thought Curry was going to be fantastic. I just didn't expect him to translate his game and his skills to translate as quickly as it did to the mm-hmm. NBA. My mind was Curry, like I said before, 
the thing I have about Jennings is I'm still I still have questions, mm-hmm. honestly. And I, you know, I say that where he's having a great season, right? But I still have questions. I, what, I don't know what questions. I just don't know where he's going to go from here. Is he going to mm-hmm. become this great scorer? Is he going to, you know, is he going to become more of a, a better floor general? I mean, wh- where is he going to go from here? And but don't you don't you think, Drew, that like like when, when you watch those Bucks games, I think that he's a he's a very mature floor, floor general more than uh, I thought for for you know for for, for his age. Uh, you know, his maybe he doesn't always take the best shots, but I mean, like he runs that offense and he runs it well. Well, he's he, and I think he's had his. His ups, rookie ups yeah. and downs like a lot of players. I think two things, though. The first thing, I don't think anybody gave him enough credit for being the level of player he was when he went to Italy. People mm-hmm. forget he was the high school player of the year by a lot of people. He was the best right. high school player in the country, according to a lot of people, before he left. Mm-hmm. He went away for a year, and it became real chic to make fun of him or to dismiss Absolutely. this idea of him right. leaving. But mm-hmm. there I think, must be something wrong, or man, why would he, he leave? Yeah. He did not get the kind of credit he deserved coming in. I thought in the draft people were underselling him, like acting like, well, you know, he was the kid who took this risk and went to. Man, he was the best. He was the best player in the country, according to a lot of people. I mean, you saw, not not to take too much out of McDonald's All Star games. I mean, but I mean, like, come on, like when you watch that, when you watch the what was it? I guess the two thousand and nine or two thousand eight um, All Star McDonald's All Star game. Like he was like, like far greater than most of the players that were on that court, you know, like to the point where it was like, man, who, like this, this dude is, in, is incredible. And then, you know, he made an unpopular decision and you know, human beings are lemmings. You know what I'm saying? So the, so the, the, the negative, you know, the negative criticism started being lobbed his way. And there was a, for a variety of reasons that we won't get into right now. And then everybody just followed suit. I wrote a column on NBA.com prior to the draft, you know, saying how much I, how much I like Brandon Jennings and how much I thought he was going to, I, I thought he was going to, you know, do well in the pros. I didn't think that he was going to do this well um, this soon. But with that said, I, I, I still think Steph Curry surprised me the most. Right. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. I, I think it's I think fair. We're all, we're all we're in about agreement that. on that. And the second point I, I don't want to dismiss, and somebody else brought this up to me, is could you imagine if Brandon Jennings had gone to uh, the Bucks and, ch- you know, some of the veterans who were there, Charlie Bell, Luke Renato, would have been resistant to him coming in and taking that job. I think they've been as important as anything. Ridnour, yeah, Charlie Bell, some of those veterans who have been around that have kind of had to be the makeshift point guards and you know before he got there. Those guys being supportive and then coming in and playing big quality minutes off the bench in relief of him. Because I saw him here in Atlanta one night when Luke Ridnour had to come in and play when he just didn't have it going. He was trying to guard Joe Johnson. And it was a, it wasn't gonna happen, you know what I mean? So he's had those moments well, where there, there he's needed some support. There have been a lot of those nights. Yeah, a lot of nights where he is on the bench the fourth quarter. Exactly. So I mean, and Ridnour is the one getting it done. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't want to take any. Like I said, I'm not gonna take anything away from his rookie season. But I think not just Skiles Bogut, but the whole situation in Milwaukee. You know, and again, a lot of that credit goes to John Hammond. But that that whole thing yeah, has been set true. up for him to really be successful if yeah. he's willing to do what he's done, which he yeah. deserves credit. Well, for. it'd be interesting to see how he would play if he was on on the Kings. Exactly. If he would be a exactly. totally different player, if he'd be up more freewheeling or what. But, exactly. So yeah, there you go. So I, I'm I'm up on the clock now, and I do I get these two picks? I get the Timberwolves. I get both of these right. That's that's what I say. Whew. Uh, well, I I know I need everything. <laughs> and I don't care what what's on the roster. I know I need everything in Minnesota. And I and I know what I don't need. And that's Ricky Rubio. <laughs> so we can cross his name off of there, right? I'm not taking Rubio at all. He's not involved in the fifth or sixth pick. They initially took Rubio and Johnny Flynn. Mm-hmm. Um I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. I'm gonna take Darren Collison. Nice. Wow. I think Collison, if I'm looking for Disrespecting my Buffalo homeboy. No, it's not nothing to do with that. But I'm looking for a a quality setup man as my point guard. I need a guy who can can run my team. Okay. And and then in that other pick, I'm I'm going best you know best player available, which you know which I think you always revert to when you get to this point. And if you look down the list of picks after that, you know you go Jordan Hill, DeRozan, uh, of guys that would be left: Terrence Williams, Gerald Henderson, Tyler Hansbrough, Earl Clark, Austin Day, James Johnson. Blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> I'm going all the way down to 23, oh, oh, oh. and I'm taking Omri Caspi hmm. at the six pick. I was afraid you were going to because I need I need a quality six eight six nine slasher swingman that can come in there and play with what I've already got in Kevin Love and Al Jefferson. Okay. 
So I'm taking Darren Collison and Caspi. Can I? Now, I want to ask you. I want to ask. So you said you need a setup man. So you you is there something um, non prototypical about Johnny Flynn as a point guard? No, and I and I didn't not only pass over Johnny Flynn, I passed over Ty Lawson, mm-hmm. who I think is fabulous. Drew mm-hmm. Holiday. Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. Jeff Teague. I mean, I there are a lot of other guys who I could have taken, but I've, I'm just looking at. I mean, I watched Collison play while Chris Paul was out for the Hornets. Mm-hmm. This dude can get it. He was yeah. unreal. This dude can get I mean, he can flat get it, and he's a classic point guard in the sense that he's going to run my team, and he's going to defend, mm-hmm. and he's going to be a leader just like he was for four years at UCLA. He's going to do all the classic point guard things I need if I'm a team like the Timberwolves, and I need to help rebuild my franchise. Maybe, maybe he was the biggest surprise. That, he came out of nowhere, yeah. and he's yeah. having arguably pick. over the past half of the season. He might he's having as good of a season as as Tyreek and 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 Darren and excuse me and uh, Steph Curry over the past let's say you know forty games. Maybe he's the biggest surprise. I don't know. I mean, I just know that if I'm looking back at this draft and I'm just want to look at production, I need to go find guys who produce at their position, who get the job done. This mm-hmm. dude is getting it done this year, and he was the tenth point guard drafted. Tenth, yeah. yeah. That's called depth. Deep, deep, very deep for point guards. Uh, get it, get in, get in more to, to the to, to the, um, the the second pick. Like, okay, so you want him on the wing, but you you know, Caspi, what is so impressive about him to you? I, what I like, and and I don't know how much y'all have watched him. What I love about Caspi is the dude is fearless. Yep. Like, I need a, and and I don't think the Timberwolves needed to take a gamble on somebody who was really talented but might not produce this year or next year or the year after, they needed somebody that was going to come in and kind of inject some energy into that thing. And that's exactly what he does, And Caspi does is, that. He is pure energy. Yes. He hustles. He works hard. You watch their games. He is the one firing up that team. Yeah. I, watched, know, he, him, you know, I watched him in person do this, Drew. Yeah. I've watched him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, the, it's, uh, it's that well, Drew, you don't even men- have him in your top ten. Not right now. Not right now. Not right now. Not the current ones. He's been in the top ten almost all season, but uh, okay. most recently he's he's been down a little bit. And he's a guy that did hit a rookie wall, and he admitted it. He got fatigued. Yeah. He came out and was just blowing people away. And I think he is one rookie that definitely. And, yeah, and he, I mean he is playing <laughs> exactly. with some extreme pressures when you consider he's the first you know Jewish player in however many years you know carrying the flag for his country in around the world. So. You know, and if I hadn't taken him, Vince, and, and roll with me here, the next two guys on my list, y'all, who y'all will have to sort through for some of these other picks, were, were guys like him, guys who were picked for, way down in the draft. You know, in the in a couple into the second round, mm-hmm. Wes Matthews, who was undrafted, mm-hmm. Jonas Jerebko, you know, Budinger, Dewan yeah. Blair. I'm I'm skipping over a lot of the, a lot of those guys at the bottom of the first half of the or the or this first round because I think the really quality impact players in this draft come a little later. Okay. I see a lot of intangibles with Caspi. He's just he just does it all. Yeah. You know, he he's, he reminds me a little bit in a different different kind of position but of a Manu Ginobili. Mm-hmm. Just like one of these guys that will do whatever it takes to see, win. See, and you know he you know who he reminds me of? One of his teammates. He reminds me of a better younger Andres Nocioni. Mm-hmm. Who I would hate to play, like I hate watching him play when I see him. But then I'm looking at his team, and I'm realizing, man, this dude is this is one of those dudes that makes his team go. Right, everywhere he goes. Yep, yep. just makes the way it is. Him better. Well, <laughs> we get through the first six picks of our, our retro draft, uh, and our conversation is running so long. We got a, no choice but to chop this thing in half and uh, give you the first part here and the, finish it up with the uh, hang time retro redraft, as we like to call it around here, with a second parter. So we hope you enjoy the first, and we'll have the second part to you shortly. <laughs> 